Welcome to another exciting episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. And I am Leslie. Tonight, we hop back into the wonderful paranormal world of TV reviews. So grab that cup of coffee, ignore those voices from the attic, and listen to these Legends in the Dark. Reviews and stories from our listeners. Okay, listener. Listen, I, I pray that we have more than just one, but I appreciate the one that we do have. She's great. She I is. Re- like, she's really fantastic. <laughs> I like her. Doing reviews on paranormal TV shows and yeah, such. Yeah, it seems like I'm getting good downloads. I feel like people, we had more downloads than our past ones, but. Please, listeners, if you have suggestions like, hey, we want to go, we want to go back to stories, we want a mixture, um, let us know. I really feel like every time I look at different podcasts, I see so many people doing true crime documentaries or true crime reviews of TV shows. I don't see that many for Paranormal. I really think that this is a little like something that people could use because I'll tell you the truth, this last couple weeks... Oh, I really want to watch something good. And half of the time I'm falling asleep during these shows. And I'm like, man, I wish I could like have reviews of these. Yeah. So just be honest, you know, you go off of legends and urban legend, urban myths and things like that. And eventually you're probably going to hit a wall and say like, okay, now I don't really have that much to talk about anymore, but there's always a TV show to do a review on. Well, and also, I've been reading a lot of articles because, you know, when with Google, as soon as you start researching, let's say, Skunk Ape or Mothman, you know, then you're going to get every single article written in the last, like, 10 years. And there's been a lot of articles lately about different places and different, like, authors who really do the deep research saying how it's almost different... I don't think they're really saying it's detrimental, but like they are. Detrimental. Oh, thank you. I'm sorry. But they're they're saying that, you know, a lot of people read these legends and they state it as fact. Now, we've never said a lot of these were fact. We would say, hey, this is the source we got. It's like, we don't know what we're doing. But, you know, but we're trying to do this where it's like when you're. When you're at work or on a trip and you're like, you know, I heard that house across the street is totally haunted. And, you know, like two friends telling the stories. That was what we originally wanted to try to do. And I feel bad that, like, if we are telling stories and someone's out there like, oh, my God, that story is so wrong. Why why do they keep reporting the same story that is so off? You know what I mean? I just had, like, this flash in my head. Like, if we ever did, like, a TV show of Legends in the Dark. Like a YouTube channel? Well, no, like a, like a TV TV show. Oh, okay. Like, it would, the whole thing would start off kind of like me and you. We, like, meet under, like, a street lamp or something like that at night. And there's, like, a whatever place we're, like, going to be talking about. You realize I'm going to have to wear, like, the Robert Stack trench coat, right? Of course. Yes. Like, maybe you <laughs> can listen to Legends in the Dark. October 19th, 1987. You do his voice really well. There were paranormal activity afoot. Yeah. <laughs> I've been listening to more Dateline. I have a trench coat. 
I've been listening to more Dateline, so I've had Keith Morrison's uh, voice in my head earlier this week, and I told her this. There was a coworker of mine who was talking to another coworker, and was like, "Oh, I just want to go home." But then, in like in my head, Keith Morrison's voice came out, and was like, <laughs> "But she didn't go home. She didn't go home <laughs> at, at all." all. <laughs> I want to. I want a paranormal act. A paranormal show be done by hosted by Bobcat Goldthwait. Oh, that would be weird. But he doesn't, like, I know he has, like, I'm thinking of Police Academy voice, but he doesn't have, like, he was in another show or movie. You remember um, Unhappily Ever After, where he was the bunny? he was the bunny. Yeah, I want that voice. I I want that voice on the paranormal. (laughs) Like, gravelly, like, crazed. Oh, my gosh. Like, yes, this is what, this is the voice I want to talk about ghosts with. Well, speaking of talking about ghosts, so right now we have a listener story that we want to share and then we are reviewing tonight Paranormal Emergency. And also, I want to apologize. I think your stomach and my stomach keep... It's Leslie's stomach. Dude, that one was your stomach. I'm throwing you under the bus, Leslie. <laughs> that was that was all you. Thunderclap, Leslie. Oh my gosh. I Seriously, I'm so surprised you didn't hear it when it was like roaring. And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And you're like, are you hungry? I'm like, a little bit. A little bit. But <laughs> She we, had a fiber bar this morning. Apparently that was breakfast. It was breakfast. delicious. That okay. was breakfast, yeah. But... We're also watching, reviewing Paranormal Emergency, and we have two episodes. So how we're going to do it this time is, since it's not like a paranormal show with investigators, but it is a sit-down story base, we're going to really go fast through the stories, and then we'll tell you our impressions. So let's get started. Let's do it to it. Do it to it. Okay, let me get my phone. So this story, that's a listener story from our friend Jerry. Jerry. Uh, Jerry Wild. She she sent me this this week, and I'll be honest, like it's it's funny because I've had a couple things happen to me in my life, and I, I wrote back to her and I like shared something that I don't share with most people, but like we were talking about almost kind of like being visited. So let me read the story, and then I want to get your impressions. Hey Leslie and Jay, I can't tell you how much it means to me that you gave me a shout out. You're both awesome people, and your love in nature shines. I know you don't do any kind of listener tells, but for some reason, I feel compelled to tell you a little tell. I'm not going to lie. We just don't get them. I would love to tell more stories. We request them regularly, actually. Yeah, so if anyone out there has their own stories, I would love to talk. And if you have a favorite, you can even ask that person to do it, because I will admit, I think Jay has a better voice than I do. I honestly, I believe that too. <laughs> it's so humble about it. Right. Was that a... Diva. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So I want to tell you a little tale. In May of 1991, I was in the Air Force on my second tour of duty on a special duty assignment in Denver, Colorado. I came home on leave to visit my family. The day before I left to return home, we went to my sister's house for a visit. As I was leaving, I hugged my sister and just got a feeling can't explain it, but I told her to be careful. She laughed, and I believe she meant she laughed at me, but she said I, she uh, she laughed at me and blew me off. Now, the beginning of June, my mom came to Denver to bring my kids home as they stayed an extra week to visit. The day after mom returned home, she got a call asking if she had any idea where my sister was as she had not been to work for a few days. Now, about a week later, with no information about my sister, mom woke up to see my sister sitting beside her and told her she was fine and in a better place. To this day, we have never found anything. 
Now, five years ago, my mom's husband passed away. About a week later, as she was watching TV, he came from the bedroom where he passed, in parentheses, and looked at her and simply asked, you okay? Then he walked into the bathroom. I know this is not a horror story, but it is inspiring. I do not dwell on the bad things. Things could always be worse. Things could always be worse. I have lost two sisters since 91, but I know with all I have, they are in a better place. Sorry, I'm getting choked up. Not sure why this was so important for me to tell you both, but I hope this can find a bit of inspiration in it. Love to you both, Jerry Wild. So I, I'm getting choked up just saying about it because like, I've had my own stories like that. Um, I've had, and this, I didn't tell Jerry this one is, but this, this actually like, I was thinking about her story. Like it really kind of touched me. And I remember when I was, and I would have to ask my mom because I think she had the, the experience, but when my grandfather passed, when I was, I was, I remember I was in seventh grade and because I remember whose class I was, was Miss Nichols class. And it was around like December 21st, 22nd, it was around Christmas. We were on Christmas break and my, my window was under, my bed was under a window and I had like a iron bed. And I just remember one night, my grandfather was in the hospital and I remember one night feeling my bed. Now I wear glasses, so I can't see at night or anything like and I just remember one night feeling the bed really dip, like really dip to one side. But I didn't see anything because I have glasses. So even if something was there, I wouldn't remember seeing it. But my mom said that she, she thought that her father, that my grandfather, came to say goodbye because she felt the bed dip too. And I can't remember if she said that she heard someone or, but I remember um, waking up in the middle of the night and my mom must have gotten the call or maybe it was my dad because I remember hearing downstairs my mom and dad talking and I just remember thinking man it is so cold in my room it's so cold and the next morning I woke up and my parents were kind of surprised I don't think they knew that I lit like I could I could hear him downstairs and when they were talking about it was like the phrases of, you know, he was, he's out of pain, you know, it, it was like weird phrases that in my head, I was like, oh, grandpa must have passed. And that's when I felt the bed dip. And then, um, later when I went downstairs, my mom, you know, pulled me and my brother aside and says, you know, I got some bad news and I, and I can't remember, but I feel like I said grandpa's dead or grandpa died. And my mom just was like, how do you know that? And I'm like, I don't know if I told her like I heard, but because here's what the thing is, I got so sick a couple of days. I remember the, I remember like going up to, uh, it was Sacramento to see my grandmother. I remember my mom and her sister, my aunt going to the funeral home and I was with them for some reason. And I just remember like I was talking, but everyone was just kind of looking at me because I don't remember what, like I was thinking I was trying to joke around or like say something. And later when I got back to my grandma's house, it was my mom who finally felt my head and was like, she's burning up. And I had a fever. And so basically I was sick for the next two, three days. But like, that's what I, I think it's because my window, my bed was under the window stuff. But I just remember getting so sick right before the funeral. And then I was fine for, at the funeral. But like, I always tend to, that was, while I think that might have been my first paranormal experience, I always attributed it to the fact that I had a fever, that I must have been getting sick that night. And whatever I felt or whatever impressions, I couldn't, you know, the skeptic in me was saying it wasn't true. Like, you know, whatever I was feeling, seeing is because of the fever. 
And so when I was younger, I was never really into the paranormal. It wasn't until later in life that something happened to me that I was like, ooh, this is weird. But the more and more I hear stories, there's so many stories out there that they get loved ones have a final message or goodbye or even just like something saying, hey, I'm at peace. I just, there's something so loving about that. And I love, I love listening to the stories. So Jerry, thank you so much for sharing. I, I was very honored. I told her I was very honored. I shared it with Jay as soon as like, you know, I could. And I just, I think that if you experience something like that, you're incredibly lucky, quite honestly. I think, I think there's this part of people who, who, just are open like that who can get those messages and I know there's some people who might not be able to get those messages and you know if you got one I think it's an incredible experience yeah have you ever had an experience like that I not that I can ever can recall that I ever really have and I've had I've had family members pass away that I would have liked to get be able to have that like final kind of experience same here saying saying goodbye or whatever my grandma um in particular that passed away um i'd say probably like about maybe oof, i don't know like what probably like eight or nine years it was like right about the time that me and me and becca had been we hadn't even i don't think we'd even been together for a year yet and she passed away from um colon cancer and yeah, so you know, you get to the, they get to that point where like you can't really communicate with them anymore because they're just so far down the road. And yeah, it's like if you don't, if I didn't get the chance to say like any kind of final goodbyes, because after a while, like you, like they didn't really want people coming over anymore because it was just, it was really it was hard. Too hard. Yeah. So. I would have, it would have been nice to have that experience. So Jerry and everybody else that had, and you, Leslie, to anybody else that's ever had that kind of experience, like you're lucky. Just like you said. Yeah. You know, I'll be honest. I think my mom has had more experience because I remember her talking about my grandfather. I can't remember all the stories, so I can't say, but I do remember the other story she has was a woman that we were really my grandparents were really close to and it was kind of those for the longest time I thought she was an aunt like a blood relative and I think it wasn't until like in my teens I realized that she was just like a family friend that all the kids just called aunt I mean you know one of those friends you go on vacations with that they're you know the kids grew up together um it's kind of one of those things where she was our aunt and we would always hang out and I remember my mom saying it was Halloween where we were at a new house and my mom had kept telling her, she didn't, um, her family didn't tell anyone that she was sick. And then when they did, they didn't tell her how far along, I think it was cancer, how far along she was. And my parents had moved into this new house, actually around the same time. It was the same house that, uh, that I had that experience in. And my mom, I remember it was Halloween. It was one of the last Halloweens that she went trick-or-treat in. And my mom was sitting outside and it was October and it was cold and she said this mist was coming down and she was sitting on the porch because she didn't, she was tired of going back and forth to the, to the door. And remember she sat down, she said on the porch, she had a candy there. And this is before, you know, te not telephones, um, cell phones. So, you know, she was literally just sitting there just kind of waving to the neighbors, watching the kids 
run around. And she was doing that. Gave some candy. The kids left. And maybe like 10 minutes later, there was no more kids. And she looked across the street where we're in a cul-de-sac. And there is this lamp. And she said she saw this weird mist. And she thought it was raining. And then the mist solidified like into a white specter almost. And she saw, I want to say she saw the face of this aunt, the woman who we considered an aunt. And, but it was younger. And later, like she, she kind of blinked and it was gone. But she was standing there and, and she, like looking at the house. And my mom was like, you know what? It's Halloween. I'm probably just, you know, too much candy. She goes in, finds out a couple days later that my aunt, the aunt is dead and has died. And she died around that time. And one of the last time she was going in and out with pain because she was on morphine. And I guess one of the times um, that she said to her husband, my uncle, basically was um, tell Debbie and Mike that they have a beautiful house. And she had never seen it because we had just moved in. And then she passed. And I remember when he told that to my parents, or my mom at least, that's that's huge because, like, it kind of validated what my mom, like, saw. And then, like, it's just one of those, like, again, those stories where it it's something that I've, you know, never experienced. And I don't know, I'll be honest, I don't know if I want to experience it. I mean, I remember watching... Um, paranormal ghost stories the the celebrity ones and i think it was sally sally struthers i think was the one who was like telling her mom like when she died don't come and visit me i don't want to see i'll be so scared <laughs> like and yeah I, I i totally get why people are scared and why they don't want to experience that and i totally respect that but i also respect that like people do get those experiences and they are lucky i think you're totally 100 right but on with the show. Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to, like, it's just, I know we're, we usually kid around on this show, but I guess we got a little too serious. Look. I guess we got to lighten up a little. <laughs> go, go, go. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, you know, Jay and I, when we were planning on what to watch last time, we just picked a random show that we have never seen. By the way, I ended up watching the rest of the Shepherdstown, Ghost yeah, of Shepherdstown. It was garbage, right? Well, I want to, hey, you know what? I want to tell you right now that um, the whole season, remember when we thought this was going to lead to a demon? It didn't. It didn't. (laughs) So, okay, it led to, they thought a woman who was accused of being a witch was haunting the town, and they cleared the town. They were good, right? There's season two, and... um, They're still there. There's season two, and now they're going to other towns around Shepherdstown, and it's a demon. But the show, it was so funny because I, as I told Jay earlier when we were picking up coffee and at Starbucks, I said, so I watched it, but I wasn't really paying attention to season two. And he's like, why? I'm like, I was doing my taxes. <laughs> That's how you know you don't care what's going on in the show. You're doing your taxes. <laughs> or you, you, I was choosing a health plan, you know. Was... <laughs> I really was. I was like, I would look up. There was like a, the second episode of season one. I actually was watching it because they had like this faucet turn on and they recorded it. And I was like, oh man. And then they had the cameraman like running upstairs and he's like, hey, I went downstairs. I was in the bathroom and I came out and there's a chair rocking. And I'm like, oh my God, you guys are capturing all this like material. And then like their cameras kind of kept going on and off and audio. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so entertaining. 
keep going, keep investigating. You know, I would... Okay, go, guys. I'm going to give a shout-out to, like, all those, like, camera out there. <laughs> shout-out to you guys. Being able to run up a flight of stairs, not once drop that, like, you know, $2,000, you know, camera. <laughs> Congrats! I mean, that's 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 big. I I would probably would have fallen backwards and broken every bone in my body. Who and you're knows? not you're not being facetious. You're actually like I actually think it's pretty impressive. I mean, those things are heavy. I mean, yeah, like right? you're like just trudge like <laughs> you know like like well, booking it up those stairs as fast as you can and not falling down. That's good stuff. Well, so like I said, I was like, oh my god, this is so good. Look at this evidence they're catching. They're going to put up cameras. They're going to start an investigation. Okay, guys, I think we should quit for the night. <laughs> Things are just getting good. Let's wait. Let's let's take a break and let's see if it let's gets go better home. tomorrow. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they, then they go back and then they're like, well, nothing's happening tonight. It's like, it's like, like it, was all going, it was all going down last night. Seriously. It's like, well, I, wait, are you, do you, do you not know this is for ratings? Like, seriously, I'm like, well, I get it. I've seen shows where their audio and their, and their video have gone down. Like, Destination Fear is one of my favorites. They had this one where the audio went down and they didn't realize. And so you could see them walk in. And so then all they did was they had subtitles. Or not even subtitles. They just said, you know, our audio went out. But this is like, we were in this area. No, it wasn't even that. It was silence. Oh. Like, it, it crackled and then went just went dead like something, you know. But it's the thing is. It's like, I just got chills. Well, even if you said, Leslie, the cameras were all the battery, nothing. We couldn't film. I'd be like, cool. Is there any way you can at least record stuff? Like. On your phone, on the recorder, on like take still pictures of that you doing stuff. Like, I don't get why you left, and they did that multiple times through the whole you know series. What, you know what the problem is? I, I I think this I think this is a definite problem that someone needs to address. Huh. They need to stop taking electronic equipment into the into these things. You know why? Because hmm. they always say the ghosts drain the they make the batteries go out. You know why? What's happening? They're they're sucking that power out. And they're making themselves stronger. Well, I like Destination Fear because you actually kind of tell that when they first started, they only had like maybe two cameras. And then as the series went on, maybe because they got money, they started having like everyone has a camera. And you can even tell like, okay, this is your camera. Like they had four cameras, so if one went down. It's smart because mm -hmm. some of these people are bringing like, like, like power packs and, and stuff. Like big charge stations and whatever. Or it's like only you know, the cameras that like the girl pose that only looks at you. I'm like, yeah. I don't care about looking at your pretty face. The, the, I want to see know, the ghost. The ghost is going. Mmm. <laughs> Delicious. Delicious. Now I can poltergeist the hell out of all of you. <laughs> Chair flying across the room. <laughs> again, refrigerator I just, flies across the room. I again, know. like I thought maybe it might have gone better, so I wanted to give the show a chance. And the first one I was like, okay, well it wasn't demon. And the second one, as soon as they were like, it's the a reason why this show got like one star. No, it, they got five stars. It was I, one review. Oh yeah, that's right. Because I, I said tonight we were. We were looking. We we're trying to find a show to watch, and I said, "Ooh, this show only has one star. We mm. should watch like a one star review." And you're like, "No, no, no. I want to watch something at it's least." Like so, Zap Baggins, if you're out there, he produces. You produced this. He executive produced um, Destination Fear too. So like, yeah. I really think it just depends on how it's produced in the sense of like what uh, they're trying to accomplish. Okay. All right. I won't say an ill word about Zap Baggins and his hot turd that he turned out on this show, but okay. I actually don't know if he produced that. We shouldn't put that out there. I don't know if he produced that. Oh, fine. Not Shepherdstown. Cheerfully withdrawn. Okay. 
So, but what we did watch was Paranormal Emergency and it was on Discovery Plus. Again, we're not getting paid by Discovery Plus or anything. God, just, I wish we were getting that oh kind of money. God. Oh my gosh. Do you guys get Discovery Plus money? <laughs> like, like you, I'm you, Discovery Plus rich. Yeah. Even if they just called up and said, hey, we'll just give you a free subscription, I'll be like, uh, with or without ads. <laughs> it was so nice of Discovery Plus to give us, to pay us like $1,000 every time we say Discovery Plus on this channel. <laughs> Discovery Plus. <laughs> but no, it's just, it's because it's so nice to just have everything in one place. Like, usually you would think... This would be easier to find, like, on Amazon or even... I wouldn't mind... Hey, if you're... Again, you have a YouTube channel and you go on investigations, I would love to watch those, too, because I think, at least with Discovery Plus, there's just a lot of the production ones. Because there's not really... I feel like if you had regular cable, there's so many out there mm. that you're not watching them regularly. You know what I mean? Like, okay, yeah, Tuesday you nights at know. 9, yeah, this you, one show. As, I, don't, I don't trust stations for cable because they like to play things out of order. Mm. Like, you know, like the, the old Disney cartoons? Just as an example, right? Like, Darkwing Duck, right? As soon as it came out, literally was out of order, like, for the entirety. And then when it did the DVD release, finally, they were like, yeah, we don't know what order this was supposed to be. So here's a bunch of episodes all out of order. Yeah. And you knew which what order they should go in because you watched them from day one when they first came out. Well, and also, there's certain timelines because it was, you know what, Darkwing Duck, first origin story if you think about it that they kind of like had the orphan hang around with him and mm -hmm. then at the end that was the first those that were was the, the first, first two episodes yeah, those were the first when the show first how sad is it that i remember that it's not sad it's history <laughs> but like the first two episodes yeah those are the first two episodes but then you get to the dvd release and then they're throwing out like oh here's the 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 uh Here's Negaduck and, like, the Injustice Duck. But then they, they play that episode but without even playing the Liquidator story, origin story. It's like, come on, guys. Come on. just It's not that hard. It's a cartoon. It's, it's, it's worth it. I don't it. think I've ever seen you as passionate on this podcast. I will say, like, <laughs> that Darkwing... Yeah, I'm going to sound like a big nerd here, but I don't care. Darkwing Duck was, like, one of my my absolute favorite, like, Disney cartoons when, they came, when it came out. I was like, holy crap. Superhero. It's well, awesome. You know what? It, it, I, I get what you mean. That's why, seriously, I kind of like, if it's a series, and it's like Ghosts of Shepherdstown, they're basically based on a build intention, blah, 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 blah. But mm. the story, the, the stories that we did tonight is more of a sit-down story. So you can watch them in different orders, which we did. Yeah, there's no continuity. So let me, so what we're going to do is, real fast, we're going to go over the episodes, and just a quick, like, Little overview. Little overview blurb about each story, and then we'll go back. We're going to shotgun this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Okay, so again, Paranormal Emergency, season one, we watched, uh, you know what? I didn't get with the second episode that we did, Like, but each episode you know, has different stars. The, the first season had four and a half stars, and IMDb has 7.3 out of 10. Mm -hmm. That's the score. So the first episode that we watched i had already seen this and i told jay i said we definitely have to watch episode five entitled voices from inside mm -hmm. and i think you agree that it was pretty good it was it you, was a very good episode because yeah. then you said hey we started doing these reviews with season one episode one that's what we should do and when we watched it i said oh my gosh i don't know how but i somehow skipped this I have never seen it. So we actually, again, watch a show that we never saw. Or I never 
an episode I haven't seen and we watched it for the first time together, which was pretty nice because we, we had some really good conversations about it. Episode 5 features three stories, all told from first responders, about their experiences. Now, the first story in Season 5 is told by an officer and it's actually a story I covered for first responder stories in episode 76. And I didn't, I re-listened to that episode of ours just to make sure if I've seen this, I did not see it. So I didn't know this was out there and I wish I did because I would have watched it and reported it in that episode. But the first story in the series was Tyler Bedos, a police officer. And this story was about him and a couple of other first responders, police and firefighters and paramedics, who went to investigate a car that flipped over a bridge and they heard a voice calling for help. They go down, the person, the, pa- the driver's dead, but they see a baby, they rescue the baby, the baby lives. And it became famous because this mysterious voice, they don't know where it came from because the driver's been dead at least 16 hours, I think. The cool part about this whole that whole thing is that you when you watch their body cam footage they yes the show they, did provide the body cam body footage. cam footage was provided and you could you could hear the the officers and the first responders calling out to the person saying like we're coming we're, we're here we're, we're, we're here we're here. helping and then they were hearing a voice Same saying help. help me but the body cam footage you hear nothing yes and and if you're worried about it you don't see anything in the car but you do see the rescue of the baby. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, when you watch it, you, they're they're flying down that hill. Flying down the hill, and they're, like, they're trying, like, hell to, like, get that car rolled over to see if, if they can get that. Because, I mean, they say, oh, the person's dead. And then they're just kind of, they just sat there for a second going, like, there's no way. Like, well, did you, you heard, and they're just kind of con- confirming. And they heard the voice again because they're like, we're here. And you could tell, like, they're like, what's, like, is there someone in the back? And that's when, like, the officer, Tyler, there's, says, there's a I baby. looked in the, yeah, I looked in the back. And then it shows a body cam of him saying, there's a baby, there's a baby in there. It's, it's, and then they goosebumps. rolled, then they just rolled that thing right over. They're like, Rah! well, they lifted it so they could open the door. Like, goosebumps, goosebumps. So that's the first story. The second story is a woman calls 911 multiple times because first she hears people outside and then people inside her house. Mm-hmm. And Things like sounding like banging on windows or rocks being thrown at the windows. Yes, and I apologize, I think a car is going by. Hold on. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. And what's interesting about this story is the officer, during a walkthrough, carries a recorder. And I want to get more into it, but he basically records a voice in the house. Mm-hmm. And so you, and, and also on the first one and on a couple of these, they actually play the actual 911 calls. Not on this one though. So they yeah. must not have it. The third and final story is a firefighter paramedic story. And again, we'll go more into this. Told by uh, Chris. Oh, I'm sorry. The last story was told by, I actually didn't write. Oh no, Dave Smutzler. And this story is told by Chris uh, Balasan. And he and his team have to clear a historical building that had the fire alarm go off. And one paramedic, one firefighter stays outside with the rig and they each have their own experiences. Yeah. So that was the first, that's episode five of the show of season one. The second episode we watched, which I was really surprised because I was going like, I had asked you, I'm like, do you want to do one show or two? It's about 40 minutes because, you know, there's no commercials. And you're like, let's just do one. And then afterwards you're like, 
I want to watch another. Yeah, I want to watch another. And then even after that, you're like, I could watch this show again. I'm like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so obviously. You're like, yeah, we don't need to record today. Let's sit here and watch some more TV. Well, especially when it's supposed to rain and stuff. This is a really good show to watch in the rain. Waiting. It's like probably like another what? two three hours or something no probably like two hours now mm-hmm. until it's supposed to start raining so i'm hoping yeah so the next episode or the next episode we watched was season one is episode one and there are three stories real fast first story is told by a police officer that he's in the shadows you actually he's credited right. as being a mark smith because he's an undercover yeah. officer and his encounter was a possible demon oh, in Boston. This was one of my favorite ones, to be honest. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I could, I could tell because you were like, "That's creepy." I was like, <laughs> the second story is uh, from Jennifer Barringer, who's a former EMT, and her story was about a haunted ambulance and her experience of driving it back from the mechanics to her station. That was pretty good too. Yeah, that one was creepy. And the third story was from Detroit from Officer Steven Skull and where a traffic stop turns into a gunfight and him basically being told that he was safe and a, a golden light encompassed him and keeping him safe. So those three stories each, six stories we watched together, let's talk about your favorite story. Obviously, it sounds like it was the, the demon. Yeah, the first episode of season one episode one yeah so to more detail is he went into an abandoned carpet, carpet factory. factory in boston mm-hmm. and the first time he hears a voice telling him to get out no, well no we'll, we'll go into let's do this right okay, so, you tell it okay so he goes in he's investigating the the building he thinks he hear he hears i think he said he hears noises or something like that so he turns around just to make sure nobody follows him into the building he bare he barricades the door puts a piece of rebar through the door handle and this is like at 2 30 a.m this is at night yeah this is this is late late or early early depending on how you want <laughs> depending on how you do things okay tommy two times all right yeah get the papers get the papers that's right so okay so he's barricaded the door now he's kind of walking around downstairs checking things out and everything and he starts hearing hearing noises sounds like voices but he can't make out what they're saying and in his the way he describes it, it sounds like the the voices kind of start intensifying, like they're getting like more prominent, more more loud, more aggressive, or whatever. And then he's like shining a light, and then all of a sudden, all the no, all the voices stop, and he just hears one one voice say, "Get out." Well, you forgot to mention too. So he went to the second floor, and when he went through the first floor, there was an elevator. And now the building, he says, has no electricity. It's an abandoned building. It's like mm-hmm. one of these old 1800 buildings. And he goes into the second floor and he hears the elevator come up. And he goes and he, he expects someone to be in there. And there's no one in there. But the elevator is up. Like the, the, the car is there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. And that to me was, I, I told you, I said, I would have been out. I would have been like, that is too creepy because no electricity and the actual elevator came up. I'd quit my job. I'd be like, I, I can't do this anymore. Sorry. So he hears the voice, get out, and then what happens? So he books it. He's like, he takes off. Like, he... he... But remember what happened on the first floor? Yeah, when he, he when he got to the door that he had barricaded, it was open. And the rebar, which was perfectly straight when he put it in, was now bent. Like, so it just hit that door so hard, it just, like, bent the rebar right off of it. 
And now I know what you are, dear listeners, I know what you're thinking. Like, hey, there was someone in there, and they unbarricaded it, and they left. So who who's a who's strong enough to bend a piece of rebar? Okay, they do warn you. I mean, you, there probably are people, but, They you know. do warn you at the beginning that some of the stuff is dramatic for effect. So let's say the rebar, nothing happened with the rebar. But the thing is that I thought was like, oh, there was someone in there. They unbarricaded it and left the door. That's it. What he says next is he gets to the car. He calls it in saying there's no one there. And he turns back and the door slams shut yeah. Oh, yeah. so hard. That the whip, the glass shatters. Yeah, outward. And so, yeah, I would I would be creeped out. And what's awesome is about this episode, it said two nights later, I'm like, oh my yeah. God, there is Two a, nights later, he goes, there is he, gets, a he gets a call. Update. Yeah, he gets a call from dispatch for, 3 the, sa- for the same per- thing. People are hearing noises at the building. So he goes back. This time, he goes up the stairs, right? First, he sees, like, a paint can just get thrown down the staircase or something like that, right? And then so he's like, okay, red flag right there. That would have been me, but he goes upstairs, and he gets to a corner, or he gets to, like, yeah, like the wall or something, and he tur- he looks around. You and remember, he-, he gets pushed on the staircase. Oh, too. yeah. I'm just forgetting stuff. So, yeah, he's coming up the staircase, and he feels something, like, like shoulder check him, like, you know. Yeah, real hard. Real hard on the staircase. And he kind of, like, it's red flag number two. And he just keeps <laughs> on going. So then, I, right, this is about the point where he, find, he gets to the corner wall, right? And yeah. he turns, and he sees a figure, like this black indistinct figure just standing there in the in the in the in the video it looked like it was kind of like doing some weird jerky yeah, movements so, kind of thing so let me stop you right there so they do warn you at the beginning they do take license they said some of it's been dramatic for effect well this and is how he's describing it too no, 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 no. Though. that's what i'm saying so he does describe it as like a black shadow seven foot tall nba tall ten, ten. He ten, said ten. ten. And so when you're watching the show of the reenactment, they just keep whatever's in the shadow, but you could see like horns, like round horns. Like if you ever see the Daniel Radcliffe movie Horns and it's like they're so just imagine ram horns. Yeah, ram horns. Yeah. And like but you don't ever see any features. And yeah. to me, less is better. That's creepy. It was so creepy. So, yeah, and the the creepy is like he's sitting there, he's looking and then fi- he looks back and then he looks around and it's gone and does the same thing kind of looks back and then next thing you know, it's there at the corner, like towering over him, and it's like looking down towards him, and he just he just starts flying down those stairs. Yeah. So the reenactment is flying, and then he cuts in saying the story. He's like, "I I didn't want to be there anymore. I got out as fast as I could." He, like, got, he, he got a transfer. He basically well, he no, no, not that's not yet. Oh, that's he, not the transfer. He basically, no, no, it did. But what happened next? Oh, it was two hours later. Three hours later. Three hours later. 6 a.m. He's at at his home. And then he hears footsteps, like, coming towards his bedroom. And then he sees the lights underneath the door. Kind of, he sees the lights outside flicking on and off. So he, like, opens the door. He has his gun in his hand. Opens the door to check it out. And then what does he see? He sees the same shadowy figure, like, materialize in front of him. And it kind of backs him up into his back into his room, or was it the hallway? The hallway. The hallway. He basically says, leave. "It followed me." Yeah, I said it followed him back, and it it gave him a warning. It said, "Leave me 
alone. And how they did it. So they did it so good. Like they don't do a scare, like a jump scare. So what happens is he looks in the hallway and there's nothing there. And the camera pans in front of him and you see into his bedroom and the figure is there. And it's just so done so well where it's not like a jump scare. It's a slow burn. It's like a slow it's burn, like... yeah. And... And, and he can't even look at it. He's just you know, like, he's, he's, there he's, he's got his eyes away. closed. He's and like, at the same time, he's talking about saying like, this thing followed me. It knew, it was trying to tell me I came to where it lived. It, it didn't can like come. it. It didn't like it. And I come. And, and so all the time you're sitting there watching like, this is the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Because it's him, like the voiceover, just him describing. Now, now he's not describing the scene like he was sitting in there in my bedroom because I turned around. Like, no, he's just saying... It was there, and and it just like it, oh my gosh, I got so many goosebumps. Right, and this is the one where he was shadowed because he's an undercover detective, so he was shadowed. So like you you can't really see his expression. So like this whole story is almost told like in the dark. Like it was it was so interesting. And then he based that's you're you're hundred percent right. He basically went to his his superior and said, I can't work down. He didn't say why, but he's like, I can't work down there. And he got transferred, but like, yeah. he, then, he never wanted to go back to that building again. And he didn't. And oh. then eventually like the, the, the building got, uh, renovated into, what do they say? Condos or, or something. Condos. I'm like, but then they said they never had any problems with it again. So I don't know if, if that, if whatever was there, just, it preferred it to be non inhabited. And now that it was, there's like, I can't do this anymore. Too many humans yeah. around or whatever. Whatever it was, it didn't appreciate him, you know, being on his turf. Yeah. Okay, so... It's almost like, the, it's almost like a demon mob mob hit kind of thing. It was... It just showed up. It was like, like, hey, you come to my place of business, I'm going to come to your place of business. Yeah, it was creepy. I have to say, that was like for... That is an episode one. You know what I mean? Like, that was the first story. It was a good setup. Yeah, that was the first story, first episode, first season. That is a story you tell. And then the second episode, or the second story was The Haunted Ambulance. Uh, what did you think of that one? That one was pretty good, too. It's, it. So she starts off talking about, like... She was a rookie. She, she was a rookie at this... At this um, company. Company. Uh, Medical and, transport, it sounded like, because they, yeah, they, they, they did it sound like he, they did emergencies. They transported from one hospital to another. Probably equipment and yeah, stuff like that. Um, the deceased um, for funeral homes. Yeah. So she's talking about, they're, they're saying, oh, somebody has to go pick up this ambulance that's at the shop, auto mm-hmm. shop, right? Or something like that. Again, this is a nighttime shift, which I don't know why are you yeah. picking up at night. Right. And so, and everybody else, all of her other coworkers are saying like, nah, not doing it. Sorry. So this is what's funny is how so she describes it as everyone's making an excuse and the reading admin is just one guy like looking through a magazine saying nope nope <laughs> like so, I, I, I felt a kindred kindredness <laughs> with this guy or something like kinship I should say I know but it's just so funny how like, they translated nope. that story into this like okay listen and uh, according to the script uh, she says that everyone made an excuse <laughs> what's your excuse nope nope <laughs> That's my excuse. My best excuse. I give that one often. So, but, so she, yeah. yeah, so people are saying... And she I, thought it was a hazing thing. She yeah, thought people were just like, effing with her. Yeah, just, you know, pick on the new guy kind of thing. So she finally says... Hot volunteers. Yeah, she volunteers to do it. And everybody's trying to say, like, you sure you want to do this? Or they say, your funeral or whatever. They're super supportive teammates <laughs> that she has, right? So she 
the coworker who originally said nope to the thing gave her a ride out to the um, where the ambulance was and then just tossed her the keys and just bailed on her. Seriously, that's what it kind of sounded like to in her story. <laughs> Didn't even like you know offer to follow behind her or something like that. I know. So, like, I mean, like, you sure right. you want to do? I guess he did say, "Are you sure you want to do this?" And she's like, "Yeah, I'm fine." And like, I'm sure it was she still thought they were effing around because I thought if I had this long trip, it sounded like it was at least a thirty minute trip because thirty or forty or even an hour. Because how she describes it is, she gets in the cab, she starts, nothing happened for twenty minutes. So if you think about going out there was like an hour, if I was that coworker, I'm like, I don't know if you would do this. Like if you were effing around with someone, you would be telling these I, horrible told, stories. Yeah, I, I've told this story on the podcast where I accidentally said that I where we work, I accidentally told all these stories to this woman who I found out hates those stories, and then I left her alone. So like, and I did, I wasn't even hazing her. I just because I'm interested in stuff. But like, if I was someone who was really like, you don't want to do this, we're not effing with you. This this is a haunted. This is a weird ambulance. Yeah. So she's riding in this, she's driving down, like like you said, like Leslie said, she's 20 minutes out and nothing, right? Perfectly fine. Then all of a sudden she starts hearing... Like a clinking sound. Like a clinking sound. And then finally she kind of says, like, you know, you ever notice that what those people have, those nervous habits where they toss their keys in the air and, and catch, catch them? Up. It was that sound. And then, you know, in the dramatization, they show kind of like a figure in the back of the thing. They Doing show her it. tossing some keys and catching them or whatever. And it just keeps going and going and going. And then finally she says, stop it. And she acknowledges it. She acknowledges Rookie mistake for a rookie officer. (laughs) So she... I would have been turning up that radio be like, I'm Yeah, you're not supposed to... My girl tells me, don't acknowledge it. Don't say, hey, don't say what. Don't say, don't say nothing. Just let it go. So basically, she tells the story of how it, it... it raises so then it messes with her with um pulling the latches on the yeah, equipment it's, it's back playing there with the doors the and, doors and, and, and the bags the and stuff like that yeah and then, and then she yells at it again and it stops for a second stops for a second and then she feels, then it starts getting really bad yeah yeah and then she feels something touching her and she feels on the back of her neck and at this time because I have the, the with ads it went to an ad and I was telling Jay I said you know what I bet. I bet it was just like a fear kind of thing with her adrenaline and then maybe there was nothing there because, you know, you have this in your mind, stories. I said, unless she tells me it pulls on her ponytail because the actress who during the reactment had a ponytail says, then I know like, yeah, it's, it, she felt something. And then when it came back, sure enough, sure enough, it says it pulled on her ponytail and it pulled so hard that she was afraid, like she was speeding up. She was afraid. She was gripping. She says she was gripping the wheel so tight she was afraid it was going to gank on the steering wheel too, or something. Yeah. But, and they said it, so, she she said it did it like six times. I was like, I would have been over by twice. I would I would have pulled over and I would have been like on the radio, being like, "You all gotta come pick me up." Twice? Huh? I would have been done once. <laughs> I would have I would have pulled over, abandoned the hell out of that ambulance, just walked the rest of the way back. Like you know, Uber. I'm gonna go get my Uber ride. Yeah, okay, yeah, get in the Uber. Say, well, technically, I'm and sorry. And then quit it, my job it, the next day. It shows what years, like, so the first story was 2008 in Boston, and then this one was 2007. Boston. So, like, it, no Uber. But, yeah, I, she, so she drove this back all the way, and she gets out, and, you know. She jumps out. She jumps out. She leaves it running. She, she the goes, reenactment, she jumps out. Runs by her supervisor yeah. or whatever. She's and like, are you okay? Like and she's just, she just runs by. 
And I almost wonder if the supervisor had that experience once and she knows. Well, and then it said that, and I'm just this person, I would go and tell everyone, I mean, the one thing when we were watching all these episodes, all these stories, there was a running mantra of A, you don't, if you're a police officer or you are a first responder and you have these experiences, you don't talk about it with anyone else. And this isn't like a guy saying, oh, this was happening in like 1992. No, this was like 2015. This one officer was doing it. Yeah. And so I said right away, I was like, oh man, I would have been going in there and being like, okay, who had the weird experience of tugging? Well, then like she talks about where she says, well, um, I, you know, I was there for two more years. I never rode in that ambulance again, which I totally get. And she was saying that other people had the same experiences. In but sense, not as bad. No, no. It, it was not even that not bad. It was they just felt someone there. They didn't get, like, it didn't sound like they had such intense experience as she did. And I think either A, something was just, like, messing with her, or B, she, because she acknowledged it. Or by it could have been just the time of year, the time of day. Yeah, it was it was crazy. There's all kinds of things like when they say where where spirit activity gets stronger. Yeah, and then the third story and the final story is about a man, officer who basically does a traffic stop. The guy comes out, starts shooting up the car. He calls for backup, and you know the 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 shots are wild they are going through windows on the side of the car, and he talks about how when the glass um, shad- shatters yeah explodes he thought he was hit he had like glass in his eyes and then he sees this really bright light behind him and here's a voice here's a voice that says you'll be fine and he stands up gets gun and starts firing back and, and he says there's like a shield that appears in front of him and the, yeah. the all the shots that they're firing at him now aren't hitting him and they basically the driver says let's get in and they take off and the thing is is i remember we were talking about this for the the previous episode or the previous story about the ambulance I said, you know, when you get, I, I was in a psychology class one time back in high school, and they said they talked about this tendency of having the fight or flight response. And then sometimes when you have that fight response, your body says, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. And they like, it shuts down certain things. Like it almost shuts down your fear center. Like, I forget, don't quote me. It's been, a, it's been a hot moment since I've been in high school. But the thing is, is Longer he, than hot. <laughs> shut up. Um. But, like, it was one of these things where I remember my teacher telling the story about this football player, and I kind of told you about it, mm-hmm. where, you know, seven guys were dogpiling on him, and he actually, and no one knew how he got out of it. And he said, oh, I saw this big, everything slowed down, and I saw this big circle, and I went through it. And a big tunnel, and I went through it, and, you know, because he saw the end, like, he saw the end zone, and he just went. And when the officer was describing this, he even said the same thing. He said, everything slowed down. And he heard the voice saying, everything will be fine. Golden shield in front of him. And he basically fired back and, like, didn't hit anything. He basically both didn't hit anything. And everyone went to their separate corners. They caught the guys later. It would be interesting to see what, like, those, like, the guys saw. But that story, while it was really, really good... I think it was something, like maybe something guarded him, but I also think it was a little bit of, I think it was a little bit of something of his body protecting himself in in that moment of that, like doing that great feat, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like how people describe and, it. And let's face it, I mean, the guy that was shooting at him was probably not an expert marksman or anything like that. I mean... How much, well, according to that, like he, I mean, he even said, he's like, the, the car was all shot up, the, he didn't know how he got out of that. And I'm glad he did. 
I mean, like, obviously it's a scary situation. And so him having that experience, it's interesting. But I'll be honest, it wasn't my favorite story. But it's still, I don't want to diminish it. But it's it's one of those where I feel as a skeptic when you're watching this, that's the one story people are going to be like, that's so easily explainable. Yeah. Even though that's, I don't that's think... Almost like, it, that's almost chemistry right there. Yeah, but even though I think that he did experience something, is what I'm trying to say. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to, like, downplay his... I don't want to downplay his experience. But, I mean, it's like if you... If, like you said, if you could put a put a thing on that, you'd be like, okay, well, if I wanted to explain it away, this is what I would use. But, yeah. you know... But still, it was a oh, scary I, I situation. Just, I just hope he went to go get the bite to eat that he wanted to get in the I first know, I place. I felt so bad when he said that. He's like, oh, I'm just going to give this guy a warning because I want to go eat. <laughs> But the thing is, is I, um, like any of these stories, is I will try to look at a skeptical eye because I don't want to think of me being like, oh, I want to believe every single story. Because there are some stories that are like, you know, that I think that's explainable. But it is a pretty amazing story. It's, it was, I think, a good story to finish on the episode one. Yeah. So the other episodes that we watched, and we kind of went over that episode five, out of those three stories in episode five, what was your favorite? So that mm. one was... The historical building, right? Historical building, firefighters, uh, the disembodied voice. Oh, yeah. And the the two officers and the woman in the house. I, you know, honestly, I kind of, is a toss-up for me between the disembodied voice or the woman in the house. Because yeah. I liked, I liked how the woman in the house's one ended yeah, I'm telling you that one. That well, one was really creepy at the end. Yeah, like I don't. I know that a lot of that was dramatization towards the end, but I know the recording was at least real. Yeah. So what we're talking about is we'll do the the first episode, or not the first episode, episode five, first story is the like the one I said. The officers they heard someone calling for help, rescued the baby, body cam footage. Yeah. That one was amazing, and afterwards they all kind of confirmed each other. They're like, "Yeah, we all we heard all this heard voice. voice." And then, and the officer stayed in contact with the baby and the father. Yeah, and it was it again. I covered the story, and I think that watching it and seeing the body cam footage that was just amazing. Like yeah. that was, and they actually had the actual nine one one call too. Yeah. So and you, and you know that baby's mother was like watching out for him. Oh yeah. Her. And, and the cop and the officer ca- talked about that too. Like people think it's the, is this or this or an angel, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, whatever happened, it was, it was protecting. Like she, she has a guardian angel, that little baby. Mm-hmm. Because when you see her, like, like when you see them rush into the ambulance, they're telling they're, them. Yeah, they're saying, we're coming. We're, we're coming. Here. She's hyperthermic. And you see like a little arm, like just, you know, out, like still, like it, it just is amazing. So FYI, if you do watch the show, that first episode, if you can't handle it, they don't show the baby full on, but you just see it wrapped up and the little arm and stuff. And you're just sitting there like, I don't know how she lived through that. Like that's. Because she hadn't been there for 16 hours. Baby that's amazing. Should, that's a miracle. It's a miracle. Cause that baby te- like biologically speaking should have been dead. Like, that's what they even said. Ago. Yeah. But, uh, so that was the first one. Second episode we'll get more into. So basically a, a woman calls, she lives in a rural area. Oh, so the first one, I forgot what year that was, but the second one is in 2015, which I find it's funny because it's 2015, and he kept saying that the paranormal, like, it's just, it's not really discussed, and I guess he means in his 
unit yeah, officers, they're, they're whatever, in, because I'm like... They're in Iowa, too, so it's like... I, I was just like, dude, do you know how many shows are out there? I, if this was 1995 or even 85, I'd totally get where you're you're coming from, but I'm like, this 2015. <laughs> like, hey, look at Dwight over here. He's talking about ghosts. Boo. <laughs> <laughs> but see that, again, I think that's what people are afraid to, but I think some people... You'll be surprised. I'm telling you, you'll be shocked about how many people's experiences that they have that you wouldn't realize. I don't know how many people just like to hear about it. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they've experienced it. Some people are just like, oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Well, so the he and his partner go out at night because this woman says that there's someone banging on her windows and throwing rocks at her windows. Yeah. It's in Iowa. It's snowing. It's dead winter. And basically, there's no footprints in the snow. Mm-hmm. In the dramatization, she's outside and sees something and calls them back. There's no body cam footage. There's nothing. So, like, there's not even the actual 911 <laughs> call. They slow jog up to Oh, that, that, <laughs> yeah, that slow jog was bad. But anyway, the thing is, the reenactment, they do they do the first time. The second time, she is during the day, and she hears the voices. Inside. Well, it wasn't really clear if it was inside outside, because she says it was more outside, but now she's feeling like it's, the voices are so close, it feels like. Didn't she say, the like, they're in the house now or something like that? That's the third time. I feel like it's the second time. It's was, it really wasn't unclear, but because how the officer was telling the story, it was basically they were called back out, and they went back around the house. They didn't go in the house that time, so that's why I'm thinking it was outside. Hmm. But I think the first time it was it was bangs and, and rocks. The second time was voices outside. Again, no footprints, nothing. They left... <laughs> They even had the dramatization of where, like, one of the officers wants to ask, like, have you been drinking? Like, you know, like... He almost asked he the almost question. Asked. She beat him to it. She's like, look, I'm not, I'm not crazy. crazy. I'm not drunk. And then the third time, she hears voices inside the house, and she calls 911, and the cops come in, and he and the officer who's talking, who is uh, Dave Schmutzler. Schmutzler. I hope I'm saying that right. I apologize if I don't. But he has a recorder that he uses for witness statements, and he starts playing it, and then puts it in his pocket goes in the house they talk to her they clear the house there's no one there and and they're asking her or then she's they're talking telling her like we didn't hear anything and she's like why is this hap? what 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 some what's after me and why is this happening why is this happening and then they leave her and they get in the car and as they're traveling they play the the recorder and they don't hear anything so they listen to the videotape nothing happens and then when he asks her well, do you have any one, you know, you can stay with? And she basically says, uh, I don't know who or what this is, something like that. Yeah. And then you hear, we're here. We're here. Like, it's very, like, the we're is very clear. Here, I don't really hear, but, like, they hear, they catch a, a voice. And now, okay, this is the only thing that I think is funny. They don't stop and turn around and, like, say, hey, listen. Hope. Oh yeah, like this is what went to go play all because of that stigma that they like. Oh, we, yeah, we can't do that. Yeah, but still, this poor woman thinks like she probably thinks that she's crazy because she hears voices and no one else is hearing. And so it was funny because I see this is the episode I saw before, and you were watching it, and you said, "If that was me, I would be moving out of the house." And so the cop talks about how a month later he goes out there knocks on the door and it's someone else and he says i just bought this place and then the and the officer says i don't know if she moved if she passed i don't know what he, happened what's to her. stupid like he could have just looked her up like they had they probably took all of her information down i'll be honest like i think i would i would have checked out of curiosity i'd be like i wonder what happened like did she but then they said they never got another 
you know, call from that house. The, and the thing, whatever's there, might have followed her around. She might be having problems in the, wherever she's at now. I do feel bad that they didn't go back, but I can understand why they did. You know, it, I mean, it's your career on the line. You can't just be like, okay, this is creepy. I got to go put my job on the line to go tell this woman she has a haunted house. Yeah, and you know, you don't know, like, even if she's believing. She could be that, schizophrenic. You never know. Well, you know, and even if she, like, and maybe someone, maybe she does have something wrong and you'd tell her that and then some family members like you're justifying it she actually has this she's on medicaid like you know i could see also why it might be a little bit you know lawsuity mm. about doing it too so like i don't blame officers about being like that decision of like i think i probably would go back but i'm not an officer i i think it's it's different when you're in that moment like would this comfort her or would this scare her and yeah honestly probably would scare her the dramatization was even creepier because, like, they showed her still in the house and the voices were, like, just basically bombarding her with, oh, yeah. we're here, we're here, we're here. Oh, God. Yeah, that was really creepy. And then... And then finally she had a voice like, get out. <laughs> and then she moved the next day. That was just so creepy. But then the last story is a firefighter paramedic, and his name was Chris Bellinger. Or, I'm sorry, Bellison. So when I first read his last name, I thought it said badass one because <laughs> it, it's, it's B-A-L-A-S-S-O-N-E. But he, this is in 1997 in October, and he talks about how this historical building is supposed to be haunted. They get a 911 call saying, like, there's a fire alarm going off. They, everyone goes in except for one guy who stays out in the rig. Mm. And they go in. And now we have two different points of view in the story. Yeah, so he tells the story of the guy outside first. He, first he says they go in, took care of alarm. There was no heat. There was no fire. There was no smell of smoke. But they still checked it out. And then he tells a story about the guy outside seeing someone riding towards him on a bicycle. And now, the dramatization, there's a, it's a boy. A it's a boy. boy. Technically, when he's retelling the story, so this is the only thing that when, this is why the warning is on at the first, like, 10 seconds of the show, is because when you listen to the words of what they're saying, it somewhat does not add up, and you can tell they're dramatizing it. Because he never, yeah. they never said it was a boy. They just said a rider. A rider. And it was bike. riding really fast. And it and was it going as fast as it could. And it disappeared. Yeah, and he gets out, and he's standing in front of the rig in the reenactment, and he basically says, it disappears. And then it goes back in and says, they were, they cleared the first floor. They One person goes on the first floor, and the second floor, they're looking around. At the time, they keep showing shadows of, like, a little boy here, a little boy there, flashes of the, the ghost boy everywhere nowhere does the guy say i saw a little boy or i saw a shadow of a little boy like nothing so yeah. that's all dramatized but what he was saying was there's a presence there was a presence he felt cold it was like creepy and then they went into a bedroom or they went to a room it was like in the attic or something somewhere right? they weren't really clear and it was like an old-timey fire extinguisher which again they never did they never said specifically it was an old-timey fire extinguisher they said it was like a fire extinguisher exactly. which apparently had gone off and it gone off, and... There's powder all over the floor and stuff. I don't know what old-timey fire hydrants ha or fire extinguishers have in them, but... See, so that because he didn't describe it, they used an old-timey one. Mm -hmm. I think, and they were saying, like, the foam and stuff, there was no um, no footprints around it. And the fire extinguisher was sitting, was sitting right in the middle of the room. And if you've ever used a fire extinguisher, which I have because I worked at a gas station one time, and someone came in with a car on fire... 
it is something that like gets on you fast too like when you're when it gets on the ground stuff you step in it it's it's like snow it's going to leave a mark so basically him saying that it went off and there's no steps i love it because they were like and we're out of here yeah and then they left and when they got back into the rig and they left he um i tell eventually tells them like i didn't want to tell you guys about this but since you're telling this story i'm going to tell you about this experience i had Exactly. And so I think what it was is they probably got in and said, man, that place was creepy. What do you think about that fire stranger? And then the guy who was left outside saying, I saw someone. And then you get more of the story saying it was a whitish grayish figure. Mm -hmm. It was going so fast. And then it just disappeared before it got to him. And he was ready to go. He's like, hey, you guys want to trade stories about the paranormal? I got one for you. Well, this one was in Virginia, so. Oh. Williamsburg. You guys got a paranormal? <laughs> oh I'll tell gosh. you what. But no, so so that story is really creepy. But they made it the reenactment creepier with the little boy because it shows the little boy everywhere, and I'm like, okay. Yeah, the little I, boy's doing little jerky ghost movements that they always yeah, do. Like, and I'm all like, oh, okay. So here's the thing with the show: six stories, maybe two. I didn't really like. You know, I I feel like each out of three stories, I like two of them. Yeah, I gotta say though the one about the the one with the 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 shield cop basically like I it was good but I felt myself kind of like dozing not dozing but kind of like losing focus on like I wasn't yeah. like paying really all that much attention towards the end. I'll be honest, the last one you would think it was the creepiest story because you basically are seeing a ghost like come towards you on a bike, but they root like because you're listening to the story and you're They're watching not, this really yeah. bad like special effects of the boy like jerky like going back and forth and stuff it wasn't done well to me but the thing is is i like the story I, they didn't have to put in all this weird it would have been creepier if they had just made it like this non-distinct bicycle riding figure like yeah like just a shape yeah like, kind of like how they did with the ambulance yeah where, exactly yeah. so overall i would watch this again if they had season two uh, you said afterwards that you would you would watch this if you had Discovery Plus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Overall, I know there's another show out there called Paranormal Nine One One that we meet, meaning which is basically the same thing. Basically the same thing, and we'll have to do like a, a Paranormal Nine One One versus Paranormal Emergency and see which one's which one's better. Battle of the first responders. <laughs> Who will win? Fire department, EMT, police. And there's one called. I've got my money on the firefighters. What I'm what I'm saying though is the show I would watch in in an afternoon. Like right now, it's overcast. It might rain later tonight. I wouldn't mind watching this on a you know cuddle up with a blanket and some hot cocoa. That's a good show. Like this show, I could probably watch. I need to buy some hot cocoa. Oh, doesn't that sound good? Right. Okay. Funny story. And loop and loopias. Oh, loopias sound good. Okay, so funny story. I order hot chocolate from In-N-Out the other day just because I felt like some. And I guess no one orders it. That it took so long they parked us. And Chris is like, are you serious? <laughs> like, like, we got to bust out the box that has the hot cocoa. They right? actually said it got clogged up because they haven't done Aww. it in a long time. Well, but you know what? Their know. hot cocoa was not bad. I think it's kind of better than Starbucks, honestly. Oh, Starbucks hot cocoa is strong. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like really like it's it's like eating like a bar of dark chocolate. Yeah, like... I have to ask for some white chocolate in there, and I only do like one pump of each. Mm. So anyway, that is paranormal emergency. Again, 
I think if you are looking for something that is interesting, oh, and I should say this, I've watched all the episodes. There are a couple more episodes that they do have evidence, not all episodes, but they do have evidence or the actual 911 calls, which is creepy just to listen to. Right. I give it like a eight out of 10. Me too. Eight out of ten. That's so a good solid review. Yeah, uh, you know what? Seven out of ten for me because some of the reenactments. Because I watched more, some of the reenactments oh. are a little overdone. Like well, I, I said. I've only seen like two episodes, so. Yeah, but for you, like you don't like this stuff. Watching this stuff in the sense of. I I, I normally it's not that I don't like watching it. It's like I just don't care. I won't watch it like just on my own. Well, and and it's not something that you will go and watch. Like I will come home and be like, I'm going to watch Destination <laughs> Fear for the, like the 50th time. Right. Now for anybody who doesn't know and I haven't been, my time is mostly spent either playing video games or watching anime. So, I know we're getting a late start tonight cuz someone was talking to my husband about Elden Ring for like an hour. Elden Ring? If you're going to say it, say it right, Leslie. I did Elden Ring. Y'all are in your 40s, okay? You're not that far away from me. I can't reach across here. I know. I did. I like how you thought I was just. To be fair, I am notorious always pronouncing words wrong. So like, Leslie's I did never say seen that. Star Wars. So I've seen Star Wars. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, uh, yeah. Uh. All right. Let's move on. Okay. Anyway, that's the end of our review. Again, if you have listener stories, please come and come and tell us. We would love to hear them. If you have... Jerry, if you know anybody who has stories, (laughs) because you're the only one who listens, please, if you know anybody who has stories, tell them to give, give them to you, and then you give them to us. How about that? We'll do that, because I don't think anybody else listens to us. (laughs) Well, what I like to is, I really enjoy these stories, and I love sharing these stories with you, Jay, and I really hope some people will share more stories. Also, with reviews, I also enjoy talking to you about because of some of these shows you've never seen. Mm-hmm. Me, I've some of them I haven't seen, but I've seen so many where I'm all like, nope, 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 they could do this better. Nope, nope, I've seen it done better. <laughs> Ghosts of Shepherdsville. <laughs> so far, that's like, it's funny. So the, our standard is, this show is pretty good. So this is eight. Yeah. Shepherdsville, I think we both gave it like I don't think we judged it, but I think we gave it. Ghost like of Shepherdsville is it? It's, it's in the three, no, it's two. in it's in the negative for me. It's it's. I do three because I respect the what they're trying to do. Oh, sorry, everyone, that was me. Yep, I didn't have a fiber fiber bar this morning. <laughs> but the thing is, is I respect their investigators of what they're trying to accomplish. They had a great story, but this one, like, they're really trying hard to figure out a, a why this town is haunted. I just don't think it's it too, went it's well. It's too big of a plot for what they were really doing. Yeah, it's like, it would have been better if they just said, Ghost of Shepherdstown, here's all the haunted places. That, yeah, that's all we wanted. That would have been fine. Or if you wanted, if it sounded to me like they wanted to make a Supernatural. Yeah. Like the TV show. That's what they were going for. They are going for Supernatural, and you can't do that with that format. Yeah. You, you either got to do it just a place-by-place... Or just make a whole TV show. But now the eight is, these are real people. This is the format I love is hearing the real stories. Mm -hmm. You know me, I love the celebrity ghost stories because I love the, I just love the story aspect of it. And I think that, I think that they do it really well in Paranormal Emergency. And I highly suggest that 
you guys watch it if you can. Ooh. I don't know where it's at. I don't know if it's on a cable channel or not. I just know where it's streaming. I wonder if Robert Stack ever had any haunted stories. I don't think he really believed it because I'll be honest. Like sometimes I watch those unsolved mysteries during the Halloween. <laughs> he always looked one. very uninterested in. The, yes, it's like the he's only like, time. There's been some paranormal activity. And but it's I the don't only care. time I see him smiling when it's not like because everybody's he's like. This person was murdered. And like he's always so serious and he's like, hey, yeah, and this there's guy a was ghost. a ghost. Uh, <laughs> nothing's more frightening than watching Robert Stack smile. It's like Okay, he is so not entertained with it. <laughs> like, oh my god, it's like it's like a Rottweiler baring its teeth at you. It's like it's like, you know, one minute having the happy pant smile face and the next minute baring it's like it's like like, oh god well because it's kind of one of those things where it's not sincere like when you you ever meet someone who gives you an insincere smile and you're just <laughs> it's more creepy if you ever met someone and they give you that fake smile yeah yeah exactly stop doing that because i'm closing my eyes because jay was just doing his insincere smile but it, it is it's one of those like when when you meet someone Ooh, and it's very insincere it reminds me of that dancing man story that i did oh yeah the guy who had a huge cartoony grin on his face oh i don't want to think about it like that they actually have a name for that i think there was it it was i saw it somewhere else i can't remember where it was it the same type of character right same story or whatever guy wearing a pinstripe suit had a big grin on his face i think they called it indrid cold or indrid chill or something like that oh no it's a mothman it's part of mothman the first person who saw it he was driving in a car and this being basically stops him and he says my name is ingrid cole and it's like he has no features like no no hair no and he but he had a weird smile and it was like there's a lot of stories around that mothman that john keel says in this book and it's so creepy i know i've said this before but like there was a story where john keel basically gets visited by two men in black and he doesn't really kind of believe who they are because he doesn't believe that they're like government agents and stuff. And he's like, what's in under your sink? And he pulls out some bleach and he gives it to the guy and the guy chugs it. And it's like, this is like, this is creepy stuff. I would have shut the door in their face like, yeah, we're done oh, here. Gosh, it's just, oh gosh. And because it's always described as like smooth, no hair, no eyebrows. Like, it, oh gosh, okay. I'm creeping myself out and I still have to edit this tonight. So, <laughs> but anyway highly recommend if you have a recommendation like hey leslie jay i want you guys to watch this show because i heard it only has one star which we have to decide do we want to do the one star show that we saw that on no. there or do we want to do the no. one with dan Aykroyd? dan Aykroyd. that's that's already been determined i'm not i'm not gonna waste my time on a one star okay I'm just, <laughs> my time is too precious precious no. Okay, then. So if you have suggestions, let us know. If you want us to check something out on your YouTube channel because you guys are a paranormal investigator, you're like, Leslie, check this out. We do an hour and a half show on our channel. You know, let us know what you think because there are some really decent channels out there that I'll probably down the line recommend. Like, I was really addicted to Franco TV for a long time, but I haven't seen any of his newer episodes, so. Maybe something finally got him. No, he's still out there. I'm just saying oh. that, like, some of his episodes, like, I will admit, I have to watch Nuke's top five and whatever episode that he caught something is the one I'll caught. But there's a couple episodes where I feel like it's so creepy, but it's more because there's an actual person there. And I'm like, I can't watch those because that scares me more. I've said this before on this show. That scares me more if you go to an abandoned building 
and you go in. And there's people. And there's people. That scares me more than no, if the, you... The scariest and, one that I remember that he did was when he was touring around this neighborhood at night. It was this abandoned neighborhood or oh, something like yeah. that. And the guy with a mask or something, no Which, shirt, just walked out walking and after had him. like a stick or something like that. And he just started like walking after him really quick. And I think he tried to hit his car or something like that yeah, when he, he drove had to go by. Pa- no, his friend picked him up because he didn't have his car. And his, her, his friend, she was like, what do I do? And he's like, just gun past them. And like, they, they gun past them and they weren't sure if he had a knife or not. It's like, yeah, that's creepy because I don't think that's paranormal. I think that's some guy who saw that you were recording. And, and there was another one where he went to a hotel and he was walking on the, he was walking on the top alleyway and he was looking and he could see people like kind of walking around and he hears voices and he wasn't saying it was paranormal. He was saying, okay, there's people here. I gotta leave. And, and he had the camera, so he's walking, the camera's probably in his right hand, you know, facing him, and you see all the windows and doors as he's passing, as he's walking. Like, think of an old 1950s outdoor hotel, this is, you know, like that, and he's on the second floor. And as he's walking past one of these big windows of this bedroom, there's a person standing right there in a hoodie looking at him. And you don't see the face because the hoodie is, like, pulled, like, down. And so you just see, like, the nose and mouth, and you just, like, you see him, like, watching him, at, like, his head turns watching Franco as he passes by. And I'm sitting there, like, that gave me so much anxiety. I was, like, I know everything's okay because he, he posted this, but in my head I was, like, get the F out of there. It's so dangerous. Right. Get out of there, you brave fool. I just, I can't watch those shows because it just, it just, it gives me more anxiety than if I watch a show and it says, here's a demon that was in a carpet factory. Okay, it's time for our legendary listener shout-out. So, again, they updated the statistics on our hosting, so it's kind of harder to look. So, I don't know if these are newer ones or older ones or overall, but we're going to shout-out our listeners in Bonton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Louisiana. So, thank you guys so much for listening. I don't think we've done Louisiana I while. think we did New Orleans at one point, but maybe, yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. We so appreciate it. And again, listeners, please give us your ghost stories. Maybe you could be the next legendary listener shout out. It could be you. <laughs> I love that there's a there's a Twitter thing out there where it says uh, uh, Robert Stat saying maybe you can solve these mysteries, and it, it says me on the couch under my favorite snug. Uh, eating cookie dough. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Easily. Yeah. Right, There's a ghost. <laughs> take us home. This has been another exciting and successful episode of Legends in the Dark. My name is Jay. I'm Leslie. You're purveyors of the paranormal and you're curators of the creepy. We bid you good, good night. night.